Welcome to This Week in Local, a Locology podcast featuring lively conversations about the local digital ecosystem, hosted by Locology analysts Mike Bolin and Charles Lachlan. Hello, and welcome to This Week in Local. I'm Charles Lachlan, joined by Mike Boland. Mike, how's it going? Hi, Charlie. Going well. Great. So, Mike, tell us what you're working on. Yeah, so I've been tracking a trend um, uh, lately that, that is the unsexy and boring world of online calendars. <laughs> but it um, it's interesting. Th- this is an area that doesn't really get a lot of updates doesn't really get a lot of like airtime during like, you know, those developer conference keynotes where they roll out all the sexy stuff first. But what's weird is that in the last few weeks alone, we've seen this like uptick, this acceleration in updates for online calendars, mostly around Google, Google Calendar. Um, So essentially, I'll, I'll roll through each of them. Um, there, there are three that we've been tracking. So the first one is Google Calendar is now more transactional for small businesses. So essentially what they've done is they've taken all the standard functionality of Google Calendar, but they've sort of professionalized that for service bookings, um, including like actually taking transactions. So as a small business, and, and I'll pause to say this is perfect for certain types of small businesses, anyone with sort of like time-based work. Um, and, and it's particularly suited towards what we call the VSBs or very small businesses. So we're talking like, you know, music instructors and tutors and, you know, just any time-based service. So what they can do is essentially they can now send a link to a subject or a customer to then like book a, an appointment, which isn't anything new. It does the standard calendar functionality. It generates a calendar invite. and It's got all the details on there. But there's an additional step now, which they can check out and transact through this flow. And to do this, Google has partnered with Stripe. So the the business in question has to have a new or existing Stripe account, connect it to Google Calendar, and then they're they're off to the races. Um, and standard Stripe fees apply. And Google actually isn't taking a cut, but you know, you got to pay the standard Stripe fees. Uh, so that's the first one. The second one is sort of related to that. Google Calendar is now getting self-bookings that are sort of like Calendly. That's that's where my mind first went. And I'll sort of explain what I mean by that. For those unfamiliar, Calendly, their sort of core value proposition um, is to just generate a link and it, and you email that link or you publish it on your website or you email it to your subjects. And then the people that you want to schedule something with can just self-book themselves. Uh, people love it. We, we actually use this on, on for our podcast when we do sort of guest bookings, we use this. And what it does is it eliminates all of that traditional manual back and forth of, hey, Charlie, when are you available? Oh, how about Tuesday at five? Okay, no. Well, how about Wednesday at six? And this and that and back and forth and you do a manual can- calendar invite. It basically eliminates all that. It streamlines it. You just send someone a link with all of your preordained available slots. And then the person on the other end just self books themselves. And then it just generates a calendar invite. And then, you know, everyone's all set. Uh, so anyway, that's, that's the second one. The third one, um, is now Google Calendar is uh, doing uh, location and status updates. So think of this like social media where you have like, you know, your status update, what you're doing, how you're feeling, et cetera. But this is particularly built around location. So they've integrated a function that sort of tells the world what you're up to and where you are. And this particularly applies to the the types of Google Calendar users that have sort of shared calendars. Like if you have a Google Workspace account with several colleagues and use it to like book stuff or put time on someone's calendar, um, th- this location sort of uh, awareness function is cool because it basically uh, adds context. So, you know, they, they already had a location 
sort of awareness thing that was similar to this, but it was like the days of the week. This now brings it into granular day parts. Like I'm going to be in the office this afternoon, but in the morning I'm working at home. And that provides context to anyone looking at my calendar that, oh, wait, I'll wait for Mike to get to the office because I need to talk to him then. Um, the way this sort of manifest is is a new event type like google calendar as you know has a bunch of event types like you know meeting event you know all day whatever like this is a new event type called working location and you can just sort of update yourself to inform colleagues or whomever about where you are um and um it'll roll out immediately to google workspace users all three of these things i went over are essentially google workspace um, features. Um, and again, it's just interesting that after really just the, the same sort of calendar functionality we've had for a while, every once in a while there's updates, we've seen these three updates in the last two weeks alone. So not sure if that's emblematic of anything that Google is sort of pushing or accelerating around the calendar stuff, but, but notable. Um, and, and all three sort of apply closely to small businesses and helping them sort of operate and market and schedule themselves. So a couple things jump out of me, Mike. One, when you're just talking about, you know, the where am I working today thing, yeah. the first thing that pops into my head was Howard Lerman's demo of Rome yeah. at, at our conference, where he talked, yeah, and also conversations we've subsequently had with Howard, where he talked about, you know, that being one feature of of his platform, Rome. I don't want to make this about Rome because we've talked yeah. a lot about it. But it does make me think, is Google reacting in any way to what we've Maybe. been calling remote tech stack that's yeah. evolving? And I'm just wondering. I don't no, know. I think so. I think, well, it's two things. One is it's clearly a sign of the times because in the post-COVID sort of era of remote or hybrid work, it makes sense that you may want to know where someone is because in the old world, they were just always in the same place. You didn't really need this. And now the, the fact that it's more dynamic means that. But number two, what you're suggesting is not just sign of the times and the demand signals around it, but the fact that it is sort of um, sensing that there's competition brewing all around it, including Rome. That's and, kind of and what others. I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like they might have sensed that and want to get ahead of it and 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 add that in there. And and your question always also reminds me of the the overall broader question of why. Like why is Google doing this? It's always important to ask why. And I think that one of the reasons is, you know, they want to just make calendars more sticky. And that's pursuant to the even broader goal of why Google wants you to use any of its stuff, which is to sort of get you sort of stuck in its ecosystem where it will monetize later through um, through search ads. But, you know, they want you to use Gmail. They want you to use Calendar. They want you to use Google Docs, et cetera. And these moves simply make calendars more um, attractive and sticky. Like, for example, I mentioned that Google isn't taking a cut of revenue in that one, that first item, which is the sort of transactions. Stripe will take a transaction because that's their business right. model. Google isn't. And this could be an opportunity for them to just, you know, get a little revenue, but they're not interested in that. They're interested in in the, you know, their end game, which is making this more sticky and bringing people into the Google family of products ecosystem yeah. where will they will monetize later. They generally look at the bigger picture. Yeah. You know, a bigger picture opportunities, not altruism but um yeah yeah well, yeah okay that, that's really interesting and, and i think kind of dovetails with kind of what i not doesn't kind of dovetail with what i want to talk about it neatly dovetails with what i want to talk about which is something that i've been observing or that i was looking at recently and that's shopify and this gets back to google in momentarily but shopify did something interesting and it rolled out something that is embedded in the 
calendar of every Shopify employee, and I think there's something like 10,000 of them, which is a tool, and I think they developed it internally, um, that measures the cost of every meeting, every mm-hmm. online meeting that a Shopify employee engages in. And it basically it takes in who's on this call, you know, video conferencing, I'm assuming, who's on this call, their salary, video conference, what are their, what's their level, what's the duration of the call? And then, you know, does the math that you would imagine it needs to do to figure out that this, this call cost us $1,700 or whatever. The, I think the average amount I forgot was, you know, a thousand ish. I wrote it down somewhere, but I forgot the exact number, but there was a number that was shared about it, the average cost. And what was interesting about that was one that this was kind of on brand for Shopify because they, laid a marker like right at the beginning of the year where they said any recurring meeting over three people with more than three people uh, is booted from the calendar. Basically no more recurring meetings of three people or more. And I believe they're adhering to that policy if I'm not mistaken. And that created a lot of buzz like, Oh, you know, and back to Howard again, he talks a lot about this notion of calendar zero where you basically have no recurring meetings in your calendar in your daily calendar. So what's interesting about kind of what you're t- you mentioned and what I'm mentioning here with Shopify is sort of the push and pull between making calendars more optimized and making calendars less central to our daily work life, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think there's some tension between those two things. Um, and what's interesting sort of laying on top of what Shopify did, and I mentioned the remote te- tech stack a moment ago, you know, something we talk about fairly, fairly often. Um, David Shim, David, by the way, we'd love you on the podcast someday. Uh, if you're listening, uh, he does something called read AI. It's a start. He's a, you know, guy familiar to local from placed, I guess I forgot the, all the companies Four he's been at. Four squared place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now, uh, read, which is an AI driven, uh, future of work play. I call it remote tech. You call it remote, your, your coinage, by the way. Um, where they, he has a Chrome extension that does just this. So it gets back to Google Calendar, I guess, in a yeah. sense. Um, where you can have a Reads Chrome extension basically perform the same measuring the cost of the meeting functionality. So it's really available to anyone now. Anyone yeah. can sort of say, I'm going to uh, figure out what this time really costs. Is it really worth it? You know, having seven people... Uh, on at you know four o'clock every Wednesday to talk about the same damn thing, uh, and what does that cost us, and are, what are we getting for that cost? I think if this is widely adopted, and I'm not sure if it will be, it could lead to some important and uncomfortable conversations within organizations. Yeah, I I love the transparency, and you know I've I've been saying forever a cost of a meeting isn't just the 36 minute meeting; it's 36 times all of the people in the room and their salaries. Although right. the salary thing is interesting. It's, you know, if someone's salaried, it's a sunk cost. It's, it's more of an opportunity cost. If you're actually paying people on a contract basis, that is, that is a direct cost. If they're salaried, right. it's something you're paying either way. So it's really the opportunity cost between that meeting and them doing something else. But the point remains that the transparency of that like number in the corner of the, the Zoom call or whatever platform you're on. And and I, I don't know what they've done with the UX, but I think you could have some fun with it that like after it passes $500, like it just gets yeah, ding, big ding, and ding, red have a, and have blinking. A sound, a cash register yeah. sound. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or perhaps everyone's like, you know, hooked up to like nipple clamps where you get a shock or something. You know? 
<laughs> but no, uh, in, in all seriousness, David, are you listening? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In all seriousness, the the transparency, I think, is very cool, and I think that's what's going to cause um, managers and executives to really see and enact change when they see that number because it's true. And I think that really what this gets down to, and this is sort of the the thesis of of Rome and of um, of Read AI, which is that it's not just that like meetings are bad, but right now it's this sort of cart before the horse, form over function. We're doing this recurring meeting, and that's where Shopify's sticking point is, where it just becomes this repetitive motion. You're not meeting because you have to. You're meeting or that you need to. It's just you're meeting because hey, we always meet at Monday at, at because 3 it's in the calendar. Yeah, because it's in the calendar. Yeah, exactly. And and not only that, but like the, the the function we needed to get to was eight minutes, but the form is 30 minutes. So, hey, we finished what we need to talk about. Now let's talk about uh, who won this last, last week's football games instead to, right. to run out the rest of the clock. And it's just like, you know, people take any employees will take any chance you can give them to be lazy and to waste time. Yeah. And those recurring meetings are just a sort of breeding ground for that. Yeah. And I think measuring it will show. Yeah. I mean, I. It's transparency. It shines, a light, on, it shines a light on it. It shines yeah. a light on it. It doesn't necessarily solve the problem, but it shines yeah. a light on the problem. And, you know, I don't know if the next step is <laughs> some sort of ROI metrics on meetings, because that's going to be really tough. Because Yeah, to tie the zero. meeting to whatever revenue outcome. Yeah, that, that yeah. attribution gets difficult. But yeah, that's... Very, very difficult. Which, again, sort of underscores part of the problem, which is that... Mm-hmm. Often there's not a clear uh, purpose, you know, to these. But you know, I think you you make a good point. Not all meetings are bad; they're just maybe poorly constructed, you know. Yeah. And I think the idea of remote tech is not to eliminate meetings. And I think actually, one of the things we've discovered in talking to Howard and Vinnie Lingham and other people who are in this space is that it actually increases the number of meetings, but it yeah. reduces the their duration. Shorter ones, yeah. So you have more meetings during the day. They're just the cumulative time spent in them may be less, yeah. mm-hmm. but the actual number of different meetings may actually increase. And less so, overall, what I call garbage time, you know, yeah, the, more, the, more intentional time, more yeah, intentional, more targeted. The, time the idea you're spending is that they become more shorter, more intentional, more yeah. outcome focused, but also probably more frequent. You know, yeah. um, I think a lot of people would t- make that trade, you know, waste less time have shorter, more intentional meetings, or at least ostensibly would make that trade. Maybe once they're experiencing it, they're like, oh, wow, this is a little more intense. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like yeah, I like the conversations about football and what cars yeah, we want to buy, all that stuff. That was more fun. But, uh, but I think in general, that is the direction that all of these things are pushing uh, the, the, you know, the workplace into. Whether it gets there, people are people. You know, Sometimes people resist things that make them more efficient, more effective. We'll see. We'll see how that shakes out. So Mike, who won the week? Yeah. So my selection for this week's winner, um, is Maui goat yoga, um, which sounds weird. Uh, but it is a company that was on Yelp's, uh, top list. I forget, forget exactly what they're calling the list, but they essentially ranked 150 of the, the top mom and pop shops in the United States. And they got together with Entrepreneur Magazine and did this. And they did it in 10 different categories, all the usual suspects of categories and local, you know, home services and bars and restaurants and nightlife and all those. 
Um, and I mentioned goat yoga, Maui goat yoga is just a joke. That's one of the companies that made the list. And this list was sort of divided between the sort of bread and butter staples of local, the salons and restaurants, and then some definite like hipsterific places. So Maui goat yoga is one of them. It's a top rated destination in Maui for all your, you know, yoga needs and, and, you know, goat mingling needs. Uh, another quick one I'll mention is the beer spa. This is a very cool one. This was in Denver. Um, and mm. it's basically as it sounds, it, it's a spa, sort of a wellness concept that you go in and you relax, you sit in the hot tub, you do all these other things, but it's also like a craft brewery and they, they just give you all these like, you know, micro brews and you can order one and then, you know, sit in the spa, sip, sip a beer and, um, and, uh, they got, they, they made the list as well. So anyone, I think, you know, which one I'm going to go to first. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, the, uh, there's a wide range of businesses and just shout out to to all the winners, but just those two in particular that I think are, are cool ones. Yeah. If I ever do goat yoga, it's definitely going to be in Maui. Yeah. yeah. That's for sure. Okay. So I just have a real quick one. I just want, it's more of a shout out than a who won the week. Spectrio, a company that's, um, you know, present at our conferences. Jimmy, Jimmy Hunt's friend of ours, been on stage a lot at our conferences. His company, Spectrio made an interesting acquisition of a company called in reality. And what they do is it's kind of, you know, this is, um, uh, you know, basically in-store video. And this is a tool that in a privacy sensitive way picks up, you know, human traffic, you know, in the presence of, uh, the, you know, the in-store video. And it's just an advancement in their analytics capability that seemed, that was pretty cool. So we, it's posted on our, on Locology Insider, if anyone wants to read more about it, but I just thought it was a cool technology, interesting acquisition. I just wanted to draw some attention to it. So I'll just leave that one there. All right, Mike, why don't you read us out? Sure. So thanks, Charlie. And thank you, everyone, for listening. This has been This Week in Local. Stay tuned every week for more episodes. You can find the show on all major podcast networks and find out more at Locology.com. Please subscribe, like, and comment. Your engagement helps others find us. So I'm Mike Boland with Charles Laughlin. Our producer is Dara Sweat. So thanks for listening and see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Locology's This Week in Local with Mike Boland and Charles Laughlin. Be sure to subscribe for more.